0: Hello and welcome to Revenue Champions. My name is David Bentham and this is Cold Calling Live, a Revenue Champions show where myself and professional sales development trainer and cold calling expert Morgan Ingram will be role-playing live cold calls with our audience. Cold Calling Live is now in session. Enjoy the show. Hi everyone and welcome. Um, just by way of introduction, I'm sure that you know he doesn't need an introduction, but this is Morgan sales development expert from Supremo. Morgan, do you wanna expand on that a little more, bit more?
1: Yeah, I can dive into it. So I started off as an SDR, so the cold calling, which we're gonna talk about today, very well-versed in that, also have been destroyed on some cold calls as well, uh, that happens, and uh, I got promoted to an SDR manager, and then from there, I uh, got elevated by John Barrows, who has done a lot of sales training with like Salesforce, Slack, and Google, to be a sales coach and trainer. So I've been doing that for the past four years, Zoom, like I mentioned, Google, Slack, Snowflake, those are different organizations that we train and happy to dive into this cold con piece here today.
0: Fantastic, it was really a real pleasure to have you again. Um, yeah. I'm David Bentham, um, I look after the SDR team here at Cognizant, um, it's a 50 strong team at this point, which, which we built o- over time. My background's in um, door-to-door sales, that's where I started, three years of commission only, knocking on people's doors, I made the leap into SDRing um, shortly after that and have kind of never looked back. So today as morgan just mentioned we we, we want to have a focus similar to, to how we did uh, last time for many people that joined on um cold calling we've got some volunteers hopefully they ha- they are here who are going to jump on they're going to do a bit of a role play with morgan um and then we're going to hopefully lend some advice on on maybe how those pitches can be improved and what's really you know what's really great about them to kick off, what we actually, me and Morgan were actually having a conversation. We thought we'd start with this. We everybody loves a new year and a new year resolution, so we both agreed to share our top tips from, you know, top tip tips on cold calling going into 2022, or, or our number one top tip. So I'll let Morgan kick this off. Um, what's your top tip this year?
1: Yeah. So my my top tip this year is more pausing. And obviously did that for dramatic effect. But the, thing, but the thing is like more pausing is gonna help you this year because when you pause on a cold call and I'll give you exactly how long to pause with this, you're allowing yourself to embrace the objections that are coming, cause you're gonna get a lot more objections than normal based on everything that's going on. And it allows you to truly listen to what the prospect is telling you so you can ask better questions. So my recommendation when I had a team, I would always say, let's pause for 1.5 seconds after someone is done talking, because typically what ends up happening is they continue to talk and now you get more information, which is great for you. So the art of pausing is something that's my number one tip for this year. If you can master that, you'll see more conversions.
0: Amazing. Morgan, just a question on the back of that, because I'm someone that I think people will be able to tell pretty quickly. I love to fill (laughs) silence with just my own. I'm sure it happens to a lot of salespeople. Do you have any advice for anybody on 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 that who kind of almost like they they have their natural emotion towards it is like it feels like it's awkward is there any way that you recommend kind of overcoming that
1: Yeah I I'll tell you exactly what I did because I'm the same way I always feel like I had to say more I didn't embrace the silence I thought if it was silence it would hang up on me right like those are things that happen so I would say number 1 I don't I don't have it in front of me right now but I actually recommend people to get a stress ball not to say that you're stressed out But when you're looking to talk, squeeze the ball, and then it'll get you to process and be like, wait, I'm supposed to pause here. So that really helped me when I was, like, getting ready to talk. I would squeeze a stress ball, I relax, I take a pause, and then they would end up talking more. And if I would have talked, I might have lost that opportunity. Two is everyone's different on how they do this. Write down what someone is saying when they're talking to you so as someone is talking to you what we typically do as humans is we try to figure out okay how can i right insert myself as soon as i'm done talking wait write the things down and you'll take that pause that you need to take as well and i would also say the third thing about the pause, right? Because you want to fill that gap is embrace the silence. It ultimately is a real power move, right? If you could embrace that silence and really listen to what they have to say, it's a pattern up because most people don't do it. So that's another thing to consider. It is a hard thing to transition to, but once you do it, you'll realize the benefit
0: of it. Love that. Really, really love that. Need to invest in a stress ball then. That's the the first- Stress ball. Yeah,
1: everyone needs to get a stress ball. That's, basically, that's the homework.
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, look, my top tip, is, uh, we, we didn't plan this at all, but I, I was thinking about my top tip just before this. and 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 kind of similarly it goes on into this idea of patience and um one thing that i i've i kind of again drawing from my own experience really struggled with was um when people gave me objections or rebuttals i tended to jump into trying to handle them like immediately and as you become and you know as you're doing the role for longer and longer and i always say to my team the hardest time to be an sdr is month six to month twelve, right? You've got into Mm -hmm. the job, like you know, you you, it's a lot of repetition, a lot of reps. In that period, you're so used to you almost like pre-predict what people are saying and then you jump in. And then it often makes you sound robotic. Mm -hmm. So my top tip is if on any objection that you get this year, always follow it up with a question first that relates to the objection. So for example, you know, Can you send me over an email with some more information? Right. Can you like nobody really? Well, the first thing that I'm saying in that, that context is I'm responding. Okay. And what Mm -hmm. would you like to see in that, that email? Right. That's giving Mm -hmm. me time to report straight after exactly on the back of what, what, what you mentioned earlier, Morgan It's giving you that time to pause. And actually what they might do is they might give you more information about that objection, right? So you you can therefore like handle it better. Someone says you know this sounds like it's too expensive for me so first thing i'm saying instead of going oh well it's not expensive and trying to justify the cost so how much would you right now pay for this uh, this product right again mm. hopefully it starts to really open up prospects and give me the real reason why they think it's expensive so top tip from me follow any objection up with a question i love that
1: and i agree 100 percent because you got to really clarify to see what's going on there
0: exactly exactly awesome all right so let's dive into some of these um and what people i'm sure are really here for which is the which is the role play um our first volunteer and like hopefully technology does not fail us here but our first (laughs) volunteer is dennis barley can dennis barley come on the is he he here yes how are you amazing what's going on right good how are you very well good, good very well Dennis, where where are you from? Give us a give us a bit of an introduction.
2: I'm from um, near Cape Cod in Massachusetts. Um, I am uh, the vice president of healthcare strategy at a company called Ideal Protein. We're a medically supervised weight management company that uh, we're B two B, so we are working with physicians and all healthcare providers in, to help their patients. <clears throat> so yeah. we implement a
0: system in their practice. Amazing. I've heard it's very cold in Massachusetts at the moment. Oh, yeah. Snow is coming and
2: it's,
0: it's very, very, very cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, try, let's try and warm you up here. So um, Morgan's going to be the prospect for you. But yeah, like if, if we want to kind of start the call off by giving us a ring, no pressure on the dial, not on the ring itself. You know, it could be a yeah. ring ring, be a ring ring, whatever you want to do. You can really start that. Yeah. Um, and then Morgan will pick up his phone and um, we'll get the show on the road.
2: Okay. Um, so I'm assuming, yeah. Okay. Very well. Uh, ring, ring. Hello. Hello. With with whom am I speaking? This is Morgan. Hey Morgan. How are you? Um, I'm just wondering if you can help me. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm looking to get just five minutes with your practice manager, just five minutes of her time. Uh, sometime
1: that's convenient for her. Well, I first would like to know what what we're talking about in those five minutes, not be that'd be good. Oh, sure,
2: yeah, I'm sorry, I I, I totally spaced that out. Uh, My name is Dennis Barley, I'm the Vice President of Healthcare uh, Strategy at Ideal Protein, and um, we are a medically supervised weight management program to help your overweight, obese, and metabolic syndrome patients. So, you know, my first question would be, what are you currently using to treat your patients with those conditions?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a solid question. Um, we have you know, a normal procedure of what we're doing. Uh, it's something that we've been doing for the past you know, 40, 50 years, and it's been in-house. So we really haven't used any technology or any other providers. Uh, what we found that we're doing internally has seemed to be working, and we haven't had really the much complaints here. Mm-hmm.
2: okay well how open minded are you to um to new new avenues of approach for for that type of healthcare
1: yeah it's a, it's a possibility if i could see that maybe it's more efficient or maybe it possibly could be faster I mean, you know i'm always open to new ideas that that that's
2: that's awesome um you know i i'd like you to just imagine you know if we could offer that treatment plan that has um it's got proven track record we're 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 published in peer reviewed journals. Um, not only that, it will help your patients, most of our patients that we've been dealing with, tell us they feel great, and <clears throat> and uh, their health is improved, and uh, it's also an ancillary source of income for your practice. So I know you may be doing something else. Um, but uh, this is an avenue where, um, it's a natural avenue where we can help a patient uh, improve their health through nutrition.
1: So you mentioned proven results. Like, can you talk to me a little bit more about that? Sure.
2: Recently in September, we had two uh, two studies published in peer-reviewed journals. One was done Mm -hmm. out of one was done out of uh, Tulane University, and it compared uh, our diet to the standard American Heart Association diet of low cal, low fat, and um, we beat that. We we improved uh, cardiovascular markers uh, such as uh, total cholesterol, to- triglycerides, circ- weight circumference, uh, waist circumference, which is you know your worst type of fat, your visceral fat. Um, we mm. we had statistically significant um, improvements in that. And then in another study that was done at the University of British Columbia, we uh, had pharmacists uh, de-prescribing their diabetic patients by utilizing our protocol. And we have other studies, but those two were recently published uh, just in September of okay. 21.
1: Okay, cool.
2: So again, just uh, you know, getting back to, you, to your question, I know I know you know this may not be for you, but uh, if I could just get—and I swear I'll only take five minutes of your practice manager's time—so that we can you know discuss, or, or I can I can just briefly show her an overview, and then maybe perhaps the chief medical officer would want to take a look at another time where I can I can get in front of them and pre- your your board and present. Yeah, would that, that, does that, that sound like some? Does that sound like something that I could get done? I have Tuesday and Thursday um from 1 to 3 available next week. How does it look for her?
1: Yeah, uh that Wednesday time slot looks looks good on her end.
2: Right on. Okay, so let's let's can we pencil that in and um I'll take the information down and then I will uh drop back by or I'll call back and uh speak to uh, your practice manager. See Sounds good to me. Done.
1: Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Bye. Thank you, Dennis. Bye. All right, cool, cool. Well, I'm gonna give Dennis a round of applause because he went first, it's not easy. So we'll give him a round of applause, we'll clap it up. David, I'll let you go first because I'm still processing through what I wrote down in the call. So you could go and then I'll, I'll give my feedback here
0: yeah sure sure sure. okay so firstly like yeah reiterate what morgan said it's um thank you so much for, for coming on and being so brave it's a really difficult thing to do under pressure also apologies that, that morgan isn't an expert in your field so couldn't give you really like clear objections and feedback i
3: was expecting
2: a
1: lot more
0: yeah, I, start,
1: I, know, I know, I was like, I'm not a physician, I don't know where to go with it.
0: <laughs> Morgan's face when he was scrambling around for an answer to what are you currently oh. doing was, uh, <laughs> was a yeah, so um, was okay. Very... So I hope it was still relevant, the answer, but yeah, um, I, I, I think, so, so first things first, I, I don't mind, I, I really don't mind the way that you led straight away with exactly what you wanted to, the outcome of the call to, to, to be sometimes it's um there's, there's positives and negatives from doing it positives is like you know you're not you're not being around the bush right it's a it's a very direct way you're not trying to like trick anybody on, on your intentions and but I, I, and actually by being that direct i think it forced morgan to to ask the question which actually is the perfect question for you which is okay well why why should i give you five minutes and then it, you know that gives you license to then open open up or then to, to dive into exactly why you're here and, and exactly what you do i think the one thing that that really um stood out to me is is when you were given that opportunity to start explaining the benefits of your products your responses there there was the kind of um i I would describe it like a list as a list of of somewhat slightly generic responses and you know everybody everybody in your field i'm sure has a product that makes people healthier right or like that i hope every patient really enjoys the the, like all of your competitors that you have right the way the biggest change for me that i think that could have the biggest impact is really focusing on like like the why behind that point those points that you're making and so you mentioned like you know this is a good source of auxiliary uh, like um you know extra income for businesses. That sounds like, a. I mean, to me, and again, I'm not in your field, but that sounds like a really great thing. But but what does that mean? Like, how much could that be for, for my kind of business? Right? Mm. If I'm, if, if I'm backing those points up, I think we're really validating the points that we're making. I think that's going to be really important for our prospect when they're only giving us a very short window of time. Um, and I think, again, that's why Morgan ended up asking the question, okay, so, so you mentioned health benefits, like, or you, know, you mentioned it's proven, like, what does that mean? Right? And I think you could get ahead of that. Very quickly by really by really naming point, and and on that kind of list of I uh, think one thing that's really common when especially when you're kind of yeah when you're selling a product, you as a um, you as the the person that works for the business, you know all the benefits in the world, right? There's there's so many benefits to every single product, but picking one or two that are going to be very relevant to that person is sometimes a lot better than than listing four or five different benefits. So perhaps yeah. I want to think about and, and my advice is like maybe pick a couple that really really resonate with the like or you know really like hit uh, well and 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 just double down on those points as opposed to having like you know a, a big long list of, of different different benefits. I think um, I think that. You'll see that, that for prospects, there'll be a, a much greater impact. So that I think that's probably my like, um, yeah, the, the the thing that I really latched on to. And uh, I don't know, Morgan, whether you, what what your thoughts are.
1: Yeah, and sorry, Dennis, I couldn't be uh, the physician you you were looking. That's for, okay. <laughs> I, was, Actually, I really was like, I don't know how to say this right now. Yeah, go ahead.
2: So so I probably should have given you a little more of the background is. In the US, very allopathic medicine when it comes to obesity the disease of obesity, basically it's drug surgery, very little on dietary intervention because physicians generally feel that it is, you know, that commercial stuff that does not work long term, et cetera, et cetera. We're a different animal. So everything that you were saying, David, before about the benefits, I would I would wait and discuss that with the practice manager. I was assuming I'm in a busy Physician's office. I'm either walking in or I'm on the phone, and that person mm-hmm. who I'm speaking Morgan, who I'm speaking to, he only has tops three minutes. So sure, I, right. I took more of his time, actually. Then the conversation gets deeper as we go. To, then we go to practice manager, second gatekeeper. Then we finally get to the physician.
0: Sure. So it's really
2: difficult. Right. I mean, we're we're not looked at as anything. If I I was a pharmaceutical salesperson, I could walk in there and say, hey, I've got this for your diabetics. But because I'm weight loss, it's a different animal.
0: Okay, interesting. I I think, I suppose maybe to to add slightly more context, Cognizant for anybody that doesn't know Cognizant we're we're a sales and marketing acceleration platform. We have lots of uh, competitors, companies in our space. Most importantly, our key offering is we provide access to a database of 400 million mobile numbers or 400 million profiles with mobile numbers contact data like emails contact data for 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 prospects that you want to reach out to so super, hopefully super relevant for lots of people here in our space it, there's there's so many people and everybody is always you know everyone everybody in our space claims they have the best data physically like available everybody claims they are you know they've got the most coverage They've 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 got more know more profiles than, than anybody else everybody's doing that so so what i really try and get my sdrs to focus on when we're doing the cold calling is not just saying we've got you know we have the best data on the market but saying but but kind of really justifying that in the back end so we have the best data on the market the reason is is because our product is is powered by ai and uh, instead of like necessarily just a man, manual research team like lots of our competitors and so what it means is that we're uh, refreshing 900,000 data points every single every single day which which means that the data is uh, as up to date as as physically possible and so so really doubling down on that i don't think it i don't think it um it it impacts the calls later down the line but it really justifies my claim in that initial moment, and hopefully grabs the attention of the prospect better. And that's that's kind of, that's the kind of thing that I think you know could could potentially help. But but yep. like all things, cold calling, testing and and seeing if it works is is probably the most important thing. Uh, but Morgan, yeah. sorry, I, I, I've interrupted. Sorry. That.
1: No, you're good. I would say I really like. I want to talk about something that was really important, and hopefully everyone paid attention to it and I need to amplify it is Dennis's pace and tone. If Dennis were to call me, I wouldn't, it, there's nothing pushy or aggressive about what he was doing. The five minutes you could see that as a pushy or aggressive, but in reality, it wasn't because he delivered in a way that wasn't really like, what, 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 like, I'm going to hang up on you. I did say like, I don't five minutes, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're gonna talk about for five minutes. But that's different than me being like, what, I don't want to talk to you at all, right? I gave him an opening. So I think the five minutes was was part of that there. Now, the thing I had written down here is you mentioned proven. And then when I said, what does that mean? Or, hey, what is proven? Uh, You went into like a whole spill. One thing that you could do is when people push back on you say, what does proven mean? You could flip it back on them and be like, what does proven Mm -hmm. mean to you? Right. Mm-hmm. So then you could get an understanding of like what they are looking for. And then instead of giving me three examples, because two of those I could have been like, I don't care. Then you could just give them one example as well. And the last thing that I would give you, and you probably noticed me doing it, is when you finish the statement, you would just leave it there. Yeah. Expecting me to be like, Oh, that's amazing. But I didn't do anything. I was like, Yeah, cool. And then you're like, uh, <laughs> And then you like went to the next thing. And the thing is I, I do that because I always recommend for people to ask a question after their statements, because you want to be the guide. You don't want the prospect to be the guide. You don't cause they're going to, they're going to drive you off the road in, in the call. So you want to be the guide to be like, Hey, this is where we're going to go next. So that's just something else that I would recommend on this call is when you finish a statement, ask me a question. So then I have to answer it. Mm-hmm. and it'll, and you go in the direction you want to but if you just state something and you just leave it at that i could be impressed by it sure but i also could just be like cool because now i don't know where to go from there or i don't want to continue this conversation so i'm just like yeah whatever so it's something to be mindful yeah. of yeah
2: thank you that's a really good point appreciate it
0: appreciate both your points yeah absolutely awesome. Thanks so much. well we really appreciate you being so brave thank you so much for, for helping us out here all right so i think we'll move on to the next volunteer so is David McDougall around just before David joins or as as he joins and we have had a question I'd love to throw to you Morgan we've got someone in the banking industry who um, rarely gets someone to answer a call any recommendations on how to orchestrate email linkedin voice notes that's from Bill
1: Bill I would if you have this this would be excellent and if you don't that's fine but this is where I would go before you can answer your question is I would go look at, let's just pull it all the way back. I would go look at the data from the past eight to 12 months. Now, if you have a sales engagement tool, then you should be able to do this pretty easily. It should be in your CRM. If not, if, if both of those things are happening, then it's pretty tough, but you should be able to see how who, who are responding and where. So you're getting meetings, but from where? So I would look at the data and be like, okay, 70% of our meetings come from email. So that means my campaigns would have more emails than LinkedIn touches, calls and voicemails. And my voicemails would lead to all of my different things I'm doing via email, right? Because I know I'm not getting people on the phone, but at least I can leave a voicemail to get them respond to the email. LinkedIn would be the same way. So I would actually take a full step back and see who are we scheduling meetings with and from where? Once I figure out, okay, it's 70% email, I'm going to do more emails, right, from from that standpoint. Now, orchestrating it is a completely different conversation because that's like cadence building and that's really deep. And I also would have to know your region, your, all those different things across the board. But I, what I would tell you is have a multi-touch approach. You need to add calling, email, LinkedIn, and voicemails together. I would not not do them. And so you just need to figure out which one's going to be the more top heavy one based on
0: percentages. So that would be my advice there. That's awesome. Awesome. Um, I believe we've got David. You do indeed. Amazing.
1: Just,
0: nice
3: to meet you all. We've just moved up the coast of Massachusetts. I'm in a, a small town called Newburyport. So just <laughs> north of Dennis. Yeah, we got
1: Massachusetts on the call today.
3: Right on, <laughs> right on. Go Mass. Um, so, anyways, I'm Dave McDougall. I'm the uh, VP of Software Sales for a company called Resurity, who I've just started a few months ago, and I'm getting onboarded for Cognizant right after this call. How do
0: you Fantastic! Like that? Music, you music, my name is Dave that. <laughs> our over. There's yeah.
3: another, there's another uh, couple of competitors that we we compared carefully, and so you
0: guys won out. So, well done. Fantastic. You're really helping me here. That's uh, that's that's the easiest advertisement <laughs> I'll ever I'll ever ever um, get. So uh, yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Um, David, um, do you want to give us a bit more context around the product that you sell and who you sell to, so that uh, so we can help Morgan not scramble around a lip, like too much in the in, in <laughs> this much, I- <laughs> it, it won't be quite as complex as Dennis's one, but.
3: So we're, we're just launching three software products. And the one I was gonna talk about is called Remap, which is Renewable Energy Market Analytics Platform. And what it is, is the, the world of energy has numerous data points on price and energy and everything else. And it's really difficult for renewables to know where they slot in. And so Remap, as the name implies, is a map-based software that tracks thousands of data points so that developers investors and even commercial uh cni type customers can look across it, it's a us-based product look across the the map and see how prices and carbon intensities and other factors are trending and what what they look like in the uh historically as well
1: that's actually really interesting
3: it's very you're gonna, very buy, interesting. Some, yeah. you're gonna buy a subscription
1: <laughs> right <laughs> now Morgan. <Wallenburg> darn <laughs> uh, it. it's actually an interesting product that's cool it is okay so what uh who well i guess what's my role though what who do you typically call
3: you are going to be a a, uh, renewable energy investor so investors buy uh either a portion or an entire renewable energy project utility scale so these are in the you know 100 million dollar range type of thing multi-megawatt sales and so when they buy something they need to understand what are the uh, complexities of the of the prices that they'll earn. Okay. How are they going to earn earn money? So they need a, they need a lot of data. And normally they've used a disparate number of uh, resources that feed in to have to one of their analysts who will then Got assess it. all the different data together.
1: And, and normally, I'm assuming that they they don't have the data or they have
3: been doing it without data and been fine. They normally have data. But okay. what it is, is it's in different, it comes from different resources. So we've, ah, combined, okay. we've okay. combined the data. And so the value proposition really is uh, having immediate and combined data available. Okay. And there's also a, um, there's an, uh, an aspect of accuracy that uh, is involved too, in terms of making it more accurate than the other tools. Okay.
0: Makes sense to me. Amazing. Should we, should we dive in then?
3: Whenever you're ready. Let's, I'll make All the right. call. Ring, ring. This is Morgan. Morgan, good morning. I'm Dave McDougall with Frasurity. If you're not familiar with Frasurity, we have an in-house expertise on in power generation, weather, power markets, and finance. And interestingly, we've just recently ra- launched REMAP to help investors in evaluating and closing new renewable energy investment opportunities. I appreciate that you may be really busy. Do you have five minutes for a brief introduction?
1: I am really busy. Uh, this sounds interesting, but tell me a little bit more about this. I I'm already using multiple sources and I've done pretty well so far. And I don't know if I want to switch that up.
3: I really appreciate that comment. So one of the differences is I just heard, heard you say, as you're using multiple sources, like most investors, this process requires considerable due diligence and you- using multiple vendors with, uh, Inconsistent and possibly very complex data can Mm -hmm. really cost you time and maybe even uh, making a poor decision in uh, evaluating certain renewable uh, energy projects. Is that something that can be a a problem for you? Uh, i I could see it potentially being one you know
1: one thing that I believe in is is trusting the people that I work with. I've been working with these different data sources for the past ten years, and it's been good so far, obviously, I'm always open to hear certain things, but we've done really well and in investments we've made from these different mm-hmm.
0: resources
3: that's right and I think that's fantastic and and I think that the market itself people have come to know their existing vendors and have been satisfied with that mm-hmm. but if you could imagine. The opportunity to have all the market data in one single platform immediately available to you, and more accurate than the typical 8760 forecast that you might be getting, that could be a game changer for you. So rather than taking two weeks to do due diligence, you could have immediate access to compare any given renewable energy project that's available that's in in the United States right now.
1: I mean, that's very interesting. 80, 87 is a lot.
3: Then no ends up happening. <laughs> they got to filter through a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, th- as you know, right, there's 1000s of data points. And this is what remap is so powerful with as well as concurrent uh, generation, which I know you're very familiar with is a uh, is an important factor. And we yeah. have that available. So here's my question for you. I, if that does sound interesting, and I think I feel like you have a have a sense that this could be very helpful to you. And I know you just said you were busy. Is there a chance that you and I could spend a half an hour and go through a brief discovery call? Let me understand what your work streams look like. And then I can introduce you to Remap more specifically and see if it uh, would really be a game changer for you.
1: Yeah, it sounds interesting. But like you said, I have a, a lot of things going on. Can you send me some information and I can just follow up with you?
3: I certainly could send information. I understand that you'd like to see some information. What would be helpful as well is maybe what we could do at the same time is I could send you... A couple calendar uh, times that you maybe we could pick some time and as well as find some time to meet. As, would that be helpful? Yeah, that's helpful. Okay, so I know next week I've got uh, plenty of time on on Wednesday. If that works for you, I'll I'll throw a few half hour slots in there as well as uh, Thursday and Friday, if that would work.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'd appreciate that, and I can get back to you.
3: Thank you very much, Morgan. You
0: have a great day, and appreciate your time this morning. Absolutely, you as well.
3: Cheers. Bye.
0: Bye. Awesome, that was so good, David. Really, really great job. Um, so first thing I'm going to say is we've had two experts on pace and tone. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> David, you're, oh, you're, God, on, David. <laughs> yeah, David your tone is um is, is honestly so fantastic it really comes through the phone the way that you inflect your you know you naturally inflect your voice up and down uh, up and down is gonna be really really engaging and you know some people struggle with that kind of thing so but also the pace is it's very it's, it's you have a very deliberate way of speaking and and again that that really helps engage prospects in the right way so so yeah that was really awesome to hear I think I've got two points that have maybe some improvement, and it ties back to my top tip for 2022 a little bit. So, pretty much one of the first thing Morgan said was uh, gave you was pretty much an objection about how he's using multiple sources, and um uh, you know, and like it, it's going well so far. I think that you would have been able to re- you responded really really well, and you and you did, but I think it would have been even better if you'd uh, followed that objection up with a question it, and the question that seems obvious to me is um and, and you obviously know your space better than me but but is okay and and how long you know how long does it take you to to look at all of those separate sources or is there a time cost associated with having multiple sources that you see or you know one thing that we often do when people are using competitors is we ask them and they say that they like the competitors is we say okay and On a scale of one to 10, how would you rate that competitor today? Because Mm, not many people give it it a 10, right? So, okay, your current system, what would you rate that out of 10? Often they say, you know, eight or nine and you go, okay. And what would make it a 10 for you? Is there anything that would, 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 would drag that up to a 10? and then once they give you that information you've you've found the chink in the armor and you can often really double down on that exact point right and 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 you've you've identified a pain uh, maybe it's not the biggest pain in the world but you've identified a pain you and that's very specific to the prospect and then that helps you shape your pitch to exactly what the prospect would need so that that would be like kind of i suppose one of the first things that i thought about is just kind but of take a moment to to mm-hmm. ask that question to just reveal a little bit more information to make it as relevant as possible. Great. Thanks. Awesome. Morgan, would you what have you got I, to add? I, I'm just I'm
1: still I mean, I literally have it like an all caps over here. I have a whiteboard desk. I put like pace and tone. <laughs> so yeah. like, it was really good. Like I I hopefully y'all are taking notes on the pace and tone of how they're delivering this because the advice we're giving is very tactical and nuanced. And these are things that both Dennis and David could fix. But wow I'm pace and tone was great. So kudos to you on that. Uh, I like the way that you were able to articulate the value prop of what you did. Obviously, you explained it to me in the beginning, so I had an understanding of where we were going with it. I really like that. I co-signed what David was saying around that piece as well. I also want to point this out, David. I don't know if you tell your reps this, but I I typically actually recommend reps to do that. And I didn't call it out last time, but I have to also show show some love to Dennis because he did it too. But David, you did this as well. And this was the turning point in the conversation for me because I was like, kind of like iffy, I was kind of like, ah, you know, I got people for it. And then he said, imagine. He flipped the whole thing on me. He was like, that's cool, imagine this. So I would write this down if you're taking notes on this webinar because you can go look this up as well. But when you use the word imagine, what it does is that person you're talking to, now they have a visual of what you're about to say. So I'm not in this field at all, but like, when he said, imagine, like I was visualizing, okay, like, yeah, I do have like 87 different reports I got to go look at. And he's telling me I have one. So now I'm visioning, all I have to do is get one report. Like, that's really intriguing to me. I need to hear what David has to say. Because it might be relevant. So he used the word imagine, that was critical. I want y'all to start using the more of that. And then he also said feel, right? He's like, hey, I feel like this can be good right so he labeled me chris foss he labeled me and said hey i feel like this could be applicable and i was like yeah he's right right he labeled it so that's acknowledged the next step the one thing i have for you because david said the other thing i was going to say but let's talk about the end i believe you could have had a way stronger close i don't think you actually had to send me counter invites and you can use exactly the example i just gave you david and then flip it back on the person So when someone says, Hey, this is intriguing, send me some information. You say, okay, I'm more than happy to send you information. However, typically when I send information over, it ends up flooding people's inboxes and it's a lot of things they have to go through. And I personally don't want to have to do, do that because I don't want to be an annoying sales rep. What we find to be beneficial with our prospects is for us to hop on a call for a 30 minute You know, demonstration, so you can see the visual of what I'm talking about. Does that sound fair? And most people, the reason I say does that sound fair, is because most people don't want to be unfair. So I'm gonna respond like, yeah, I can see a visual for 30 minutes because I just told you, right? You're gonna get blown up in your inbox, and David knows this because he gets prospecting, he has sales calls. You don't want to get blown up in your inbox, so it's like I'll take 30, I'll take a 30 minute call versus getting blown up in my inbox. So that's that's the way that you can end that but i think everything else is great like everything else i wrote down i think you did a good job
0: really really great job yeah awesome Thanks. i agree good stuff it's awesome um yeah i'd, I'd actually just uh, add to what morgan just said and in in, we use exactly that line here at cognizant that, that's the that's the line that we teach our sdrs is is kind of you know we really want to justify we want to justify to our prospects why Coming and seeing a demonstration of our product is going to be so much more powerful than us sending some generic information. And I think as long as long as you explain that clearly, what the benefit is to the prospect of 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 coming and seeing it, um, generally people are, are are pretty fair, as to use Morgan's word, um, uh, and and are up for doing it. So yeah, um, couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, D- David, thank you so much for helping us out today and being brave. It's um, you did a, as I say, a really really awesome job. So really, really some appreciate
1: it. We got some good, we have good tones here, good inflections here. This is a master really class good. in tones and bass.
0: Yeah. We're hiring, I'm hiring at the moment. So if, you're, if you guys, you know, if like, uh, we've got an office in Boston, so it's fine. All right, um, cool, we've got some more questions. I, I think we do have one more volunteer, but we've got some questions. So I'll just quickly dive into some of these because I'd love to answer them. So first one is from Jacob, I believe. It says, did you ever find voicemail to work? for for outreach, and if you did what like how do you generally use voicemail? Well what's your views on that? it's, it's always uh, in our space, I find it's a it's a topic that like kind of splits people apart right
1: yeah, it's tough and and you know this better than I know this, David is that if we're talking about in the states, I could talk about it at that level, but we all know when it gets to Europe it's a different conversation right there's some there's some countries that like will not listen to a voicemail right versus that will and you all know your region better than I do, but I also know that because I've been over in Europe, I talked to the reps and I I get that, right? So my answer is very predicated on your market and also the the type of C-suites you're reaching out to as well, right? Like a CISO, a CTO, you leave a voicemail, they're probably not gonna call you back versus a CRO. If you leave a good voicemail, they might call you back. So my answer to this question is, I don't focus on getting a call back, I focus on what the voicemail does, which is increase my email reply rates. People are more willing to reply to your email than call you back all day long. I would I'd rather call people back, but like not everyone is me, and we also have to acknowledge that. So I would say I find it effective when I leave a voicemail to tell them to go check out an email. And typically, what we recommend our clients, and where they see the 1.5 2x email response rates increase, is by having the voicemail. Let's say it's like day two, so they'll call, but the same day they leave they leave them an email right after that voicemail to increase their email price. So yes, it can work, but you also have the, the first part of the conversation, you got to keep those things in mind.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, 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 um, I don't want to speak for every British person, but I don't think (laughs) I've ever listened to my voicemail ever. Maybe I did when I was like 16, first got a phone voicemail would be wouldn't be much use on me and and we have a hack i suppose the hack that we have is is we're fortunate enough for cognizant to um have outreach with outreach you can record a standard generic voicemail once and then it'll mm-hmm. automatically leave it for you and and so you know maybe that's my advice is if you've got something like that definitely use it like there's there's absolutely no harm it's just another touch point if it does work but i wouldn't yeah it's not something that we really really heavily focus on a lot of the time so yeah all right, next question and I'm going to pick this one up because it's uh it's it's I think it's quite important. It talks about being in a space where they often end up speaking to receptionists and switchboards. I think it would be crazy for me to not give my views on this as <laughs> I think the big my biggest advice if you keep getting through to switchboards and receptionists you're really struggling with it, you need to invest in a tool that offers you mobile numbers, right? Mobile numbers especially nowadays, the world that we live in nowadays, everybody working from home, you know it's it's so difficult I, I mean what we're finding is we're calling switchboards and mm. switchboards are saying yeah like you know then just drop them an email they're not even they're not in the office to, to speak to again it might be different country to country but if you can and there's lots of providers out there and i always recommend um just as david our previous caller did check check us or check them all out but certainly take a look at cognizant take a look at um, other providers and then and then buy cognizant and uh, just you know be able to utilize those those mobiles get straight through to people that that's the biggest piece of advice I can give on that. All right, so I think we've got a Tanya waiting for us. Tanya, I'm so sorry, I'm, I, I don't even want to <laughs> yeah. really, that
1: got a hard stop. So here we go, here we go. Hello, hi
4: everybody. Hi Hello. Tanya, how are you doing?
0: Hi, how
1: are you doing?
4: Good, good. yeah, good. really
0: good. Where are you calling from today, Tanya?
4: I'm calling from Serbia, not Siberia in Russia, not Saudi Arabia, but Serbia, like the Southeast, Eastern part of Europe.
0: Amazing. I've awesome. never been, I've never been to Serbia. Tell, tell us more about Serbia. What would you recommend doing? If we ever came over eating, <laughs> Is eating, eating yeah. everything or <laughs> where should I go to eat?
1: <laughs> you said eating. So I was like, but what should I eat? There's a lot of options.
4: Yeah, there 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 are multiple, but uh, people here uh, tend to eat a lot of meat. So if you're a vegetarian, then Serbia is not a great place for you. But but yeah, we can we can find something.
0: I love if it. You're vegetarian, yeah. Amazing. Uh, and Tanya, tell tell us more about your business, um, where you work for, uh, who you work for, your product.
4: Yeah yeah. Uh, so I used to work as a SDR for four years. And I stopped stopped doing that like a year ago, and then I, um, in the meantime, I started my own uh, company. Basically, we're called scale up. And what we do is um, we are basically um, narrowing the gap between marketing and sales, meaning that we uh, we do not want to uh, look at marketing and sales as um, separate units, but something that actually is supposed to work together. And uh, we are, outsourcing people and marketing and sales experts uh to other companies uh that are in um in SaaS and mostly working uh in a in a b2b cool
0: hey amazing so i'm assuming is, so you're all <laughs> yeah I'm, i think we, Morgan, we, can, we can do this right Morgan, okay and and, and so t- so i'm assuming your target well who do you who are you generally reaching out to are you reaching out to um sales side marketing side you know, do revenue in general, or yeah, who who are you yes. commonly?
4: Yeah, so we exist for uh, four months now, and so far we uh, we found our clients from uh, people who were who acquaintances to us or uh, friends of our friends. So let's put it that way. But right now, when Q1 Q1 uh, is starting, we we are doing outbound and inbound. Uh, strategy in order to uh, attract potential clients and uh, we are basically targeting uh, small businesses who have up to 10 um, people, uh, employees and uh, we are uh, reaching out mostly uh, to CEOs because they're main uh, decision makers and uh, most probably those guys do not have uh, developed sales department, or they at least have somebody maybe who is working marketing and sales together. But everything's like, you know, like everybody's doing everything because it's a small company.
0: Cool. Awesome. You got this right, Morgan. Yep. Makes sense. All right. Perfect. Okay. Should we, um, should we get this show on the road? Do you want to give us a ring Tanya? And then we'll go from there.
4: Yeah. Okay. Hello. Hello. Hi, am I speaking to Morgan? That is me. Hi, this is Tanya calling from ScaleUp. Uh, so we never had a chance to talk. So before you hang up on me, could you please give me at least three minutes of your time? Because I did some research on you and it seems like we have a business potential to discuss.
1: Such as what? Uh,
4: well, uh, I I dig I, I that you uh, are working um, in a in a tech industry and that you are having um, a SaaS product and so far uh, scale up has been working uh, on solutions to help uh, companies like yours to increase the database of clients by off- offering experienced marketing and sales experts and we basically take uh, care of both attracting and qualifying potential customers on- until they are uh, like 80 percent ready to purchase your product so is that something uh, that you would like to hear more about
1: yeah. I mean, right now my marketing and sales is doing really well. I mean, our, my team's hitting my number campaigns seem to be getting the demand that we want. I think, I think mm-hmm. we may be
4: set. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so can you, t- can you tell me Sorry, just one second.
1: the real cold you- call? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: So can you, <laughs> so can you tell me like, uh, how, how long does it take for your sales team to close a deal?
1: well our average sales cycle is around three to four months right so it's about 90 90 days and so it takes our team right now about 85 90 days to close the deal
4: okay okay and uh do you, do you have uh do you have people who are, who are working in your sales and marketing uh department uh, they're only committed to that or how does that work
1: only committed to what uh to marketing and sales so yeah, right now we have uh, one marketer who's over everything right now. We may be planning to hire a couple a couple more it's for like a content perspective and an ad perspective. But right now we're just focusing on organic because that's working really well. And then on our sales side, we have three sales reps. Uh, because the demand's going well, uh, they are doing prospecting, but we're getting a pretty good inbound there.
4: Okay. Okay. Um, so 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 at this point of time, you believe that um uh, do you, uh yeah at this point of time do you think that there is a possibility for you to uh, expand your sales and marketing activities uh, have you have you considered that for because 2022 is just starting soon are you thinking about increasing your sales and marketing
1: yeah i mean i feel like most people are always looking to increase it. i'm not going to turn down more sales right <laughs> like, like i'll always take more sales uh but in terms of the strategy we have right now I think we're set in what we're doing and we are hiring people to accelerate that but our system has been working pretty well. Okay, so so
4: basically you're you're uh, mixing both inbound and out, outbound if i if i got you right.
1: That is correct. Yes.
4: Okay. And and your inbound approach is basically uh, organic.
1: Organic, yeah. So we we have we have a, a lot of good stuff that's going on with webinars we're doing, uh, partners that we're working with. So it's been really good in our space so far. Could change obviously as we go up market, but right now we've been doing really well.
4: Awesome. I'm I'm glad to hear that. Um, there are not many companies that can that can uh, that accomplish such a thing at, at least at this early stage. Um. So so my my question here is um are you uh, are you able because because what happens in reality and and uh, what what i'm facing when working with companies is uh usually they do not have um they do not have retainers or at least they have they have clients who come to them yeah. and they stay for a couple of months so so what is the situation at your end
1: Yeah, so as of right now, we do have retainers. And you know, that could obviously be a leaky bucket, depending on if they sign back on, because we've been ramping pretty fast, it's been going well, but we're looking to set up systems in place to have those retainers. I mean, we we either go for a six month or an annual. um, And then some people we have on the monthly, uh, because they, you know, they, they may not really, you know, understand what we're exactly doing yet, they want to they want to test it out. So that's kind of what we're doing right now.
4: Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's definitely important, uh, especially for for uh, companies that are at early stage to to have some profits to rely on because uh, their growth actually depends on on how much money and profits they're making and if they can uh, make um, assumptions or at least forecasts for for the following months. So that is uh, that is basically what we are doing and uh, we uh, work with companies uh, who have annual plans so therefore we close deals uh, which are like enterprise deals and uh, big deals that that uh, on which they can rely on for next six to 12 months. So if, if that's something that might be interesting to you, I would definitely suggest hopping on a call. That's okay with you.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I feel like right now, <clears throat> the best thing for you to do is to send me some information. If there is additional brochures that you have, that would be excellent. And then, you know, maybe in a couple of months, it might be relevant for us.
4: Okay, so you feel like at this point of time, um, that is not something that is uh, top of your priority?
1: I, I would say not within this quarter. Again, next quarter it could be, so the information would be helpful.
4: Okay, uh, and just one thing, uh, just one more question before, before we finish with the call. Yep. Like what does it have to happen uh, uh, within the next three months so you would be able to move forward? Say it again. Uh, so what, what, what has to happen within the next three months? Because you said you would be interested in moving forward in the next quarter. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering like what has to happen within the next three months so therefore uh, you would be uh, feeling like ready to uh, move forward?
1: It would it would be more so reevaluating the quarter than what has to happen. You know, within this quarter, we have certain metrics that we're looking to hit. So we're focused on those top three priorities. And <laughs> once we get it to the next quarter, we could reevaluate to see like, does it make sense for us to have the conversation? So it more so is like us uh, accomplishing those goals to see, okay, what does the actual
4: quarter look like for us uh, as we go on the quarter to quarter basis? Okay, that sounds fair. Okay, so um, yeah, it seems like a no at this point of time. Um, I will be happy to to um, book um, get back to you within next three months, and of course, in the meantime, if anything changes, uh, I will be happy to uh, to hop on a call with you.
1: Awesome! Thank you so much. Have a good
4: one.
0: All right, bye. bye. Awesome! That was really great, Tanya. Thank you so much for sharing. So. Uh, just a quick question for you Tanya mm-hmm. when when you're making a cold call what is your what is your key objective like what do you try and sell on the call like is it like you you know you're trying to really like what's the general next step that you're aiming for on most cold calls
4: um yeah i I always aim to um a meeting that's a meeting that's, yeah yeah Me- meeting is is something that where where we can expect something to happen
0: okay, great. Great. Okay. So look, my so first things first, I want to say that the best thing that you do, and uh, again, we've got someone that's a, by the way amazing tone wise. I thought that your opening was really personable. You kind of, you almost had your your opening line. You almost said while well, it almost sounded like you were laughing, and and that came across as really personable and and mm. and um and very friendly, and and definitely something that that you should keep doing. The uh-huh. best thing that you do is the amount of questions that you ask to try and understand uh-huh. prospects' needs. But the biggest thing that I would I would suggest changing is uh-huh. the types of questions that you ask. So let me give you an example. The first question that you asked um, Morgan to try and open him up is, um, you said, is that something, so you, so you explained what you did and then you said, is that something you would like to hear more about? Uh-huh that first question that you ask someone is going to be so important and um, what you really want to do is you want to start opening up the conversation and asking that kind of uh, question which in its nature is a closed question there's only you know there's two answers yes or no right if they say yes you're gonna to have to dive in and give them more information and but they, they can easily say no at that stage. And what I would suggest and and actually like we're in similar areas. The first question we ask our our prospects on a cold call is, and what are you currently, like, what can you tell us more about your, your, um, how you're currently going about sales and marketing, right? That's, that's the first question we ask. really open-ended, very broad. And then that way people can just start revealing information on 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 what they're doing and uh yeah like keep it as wide and open as as physically possible and that's true of all the questions you asked i think some were some were better than others but try and really focus on 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 questions that are going to be really nice and open and um and really get morgan talking about the right things
4: yeah that's a great tip thank you
1: Uh, two things one is to dive deeper to the questions is asking me layering questions so when I said I'm doing really good, I would have asked, okay, like you're doing good, but what are you looking to do in six months? What are you looking to do in a year? Right? So by focusing just on what I'm doing right now, I'm doing well, but am I prepared a hundred percent for the next six months? I might not be. Right. So it's maybe going a, a little bit further so that you can get me down to that. So I think a lot of layering questions would have helped, which is my second point is being more granular in what you were offering. So you, We're like, Hey, I've done some research and obviously this was a mock call. So like, you didn't really have time to do real research, but my point was it to come with something that was pointed because when I asked that question, you hesitated for a little bit and then you were like, okay, uh, what research do I have? Right. And then you also Mm -hmm. missed businesses that have done similar things to me and gotten these results, but for this is for everybody. It doesn't really matter if a business has done something else right like me it they have to they have to be in the same ecosystem industry as me as well so i think by asking more layering questions and and getting more granular with the answers would have helped you there and that's why i was kind of throwing those objections to see okay where you're going to ask the layering questions that would have opened me up so that that was like the last thing i had to say
4: mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah i felt i felt like you were closed yeah yeah like you were not open to to talking to me yeah i felt that
1: it's uh, all in- I yeah. wasn't on purpose because if you would have asked me an open question, I would have opened up, which is what I was waiting for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That awesome, makes
0: sense. Tanya. Sorry to um, cut you off too early, but we are at time. We've we've hit our, hit our number, and I think Morgan's got a hard stop as well. Um, so uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, where where We're already late for a meeting. Tanya, thank you so much um, for coming on um, and being so brave. Uh, we really, really appreciate you helping us out today with this call. Add Morgan, follow Morgan on LinkedIn. Um, he posts some amazing content that, that my team use every single day. And uh, yeah, feel free to let us know if there's any feedback on the call and, and what you'd like love to see for next time. So to yeah, all everybody that joined us on the call, thank you. Um, and we'll see you next time. Awesome. Appreciate y'all. You, you have a good one. This
3: episode of Revenue Champions was brought to you by Cognizant. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast to get notified when the next one goes live. And follow Cognizant on LinkedIn and Twitter for more sales and marketing content. And if you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends and share it online. We want to get the word out about Revenue Champions so we can bring you the best podcast possible. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.